Welcome back to Thrive, your agency resource. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Steve Iacovelli. He's known as the gay leadership dude, and yeah, it is actually trademarked. <laughs> He's got a funny story about that. But Steve is actually a change management expert focusing specifically on leadership and inclusion. He's the author of a book called Pride Leadership and is represented by consciousness leaders. So welcome to the show, my friend. Really excited to talk to you today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So we were catching up before we hit the record button, um, and you're up to some really, really interesting things. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your backstory and uh, the things that you're up to right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, during this weird and wonderful reflective time that we're in, uh, you know, I, I've kind of tried to, to take it as you know, physician heal thyself and as a, a development professional, I figure, well, what can I develop? And, and so I've been thinking about what are the gaps in my own, own um, competency. And so one of those is, uh, you know, I, I will be the first to admit I am not a salesperson. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> despite being in business for 14 years full, as a full-time gig, I've been uh, you know, very lucky with some really awesome clients and stuff. So I decided I need to know how to really sell. And so I'm in in an awesome sales class right now um, with some experts and a lot of entrepreneurs and and folks in my my situation. And then one of my my areas of passion for the long term is uh, I really want to position myself to be um, to sit on a corporate board of directors. I've been on many, many nonprofit boards and all that fun stuff, but I want to get kind of to that that bigger space. And and so also as uh, as a queer person, you know, there 0.1% of corporate board seats are filled by LGBTQ plus folks. And so I'm like, yeah, there's an opportunity there. And couple that with um, both the uh, S&P 500 as well as the state of California have made some mandates about inclusivity with mm-hmm. their corporate boards. And That's so right. the opportunity is widening. So I'm po- trying to position myself to be ready for that. And so I'm in this really cool Harvard class um, for underrepresented minority uh, folks for corporate boards. And it finishes next week, but boy, is it intense, which yeah. is good. But it's like, whoa. And so it's um, fun. Yeah, I, there's there's so much there. So um, 0.1% is, I think that was kind of astonishing to me uh, when you mentioned that to me earlier today. Uh, I can't believe that that's the number. And and so I guess, you know, these mandates and these things are, you know, just in the vein of moving toward uh, inclusivity across the board. They're super, super, you know, necessary. Um, and it's great. I love that you were like super humble, like, oh yeah, just this Harvard class, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you know, I'm a nerd. I have my doctorate, so there's that whole fun stuff. But I was um, looking for something, something to to do to really exercise my brain. And and I'll be the first to admit, I feel kind of stupid in that class in some respects. You know what? That's probably the sign that it's a great class then. Absolutely. You're not the smartest one in it. (laughs) And I'm okay. There's 49 other folks in it from all over. And a lot of these are like, like C-suite kind of executives at big companies. And I'm like, hi, I have Top Dog Learning Group. How are you? (laughs) But it works out well. (laughs) No, it's awesome. So today we're talking about uh, change management, right? And so I think um, there's a lot of confusion around you know, some of the terminology, organizational development and IO psychology and change management, and they all get sort of grouped together. So let's kind of level set, like, what are we talking about? What do we mean by change management? And then if you could kind of share a little bit as to like, what is, how is it different from these other related disciplines? Sure, sure. So you change management, the concept is, is a very concerted a programmatic approach to fostering change from you know taking a, an organization a business uh, from point A to point Z 
and, and to minimize what we call it the dip. So with any change in your business, that could be you know a new business process, it could be you know mergers, acquisitions for big stuff, it could be small stuff like new software. Humans have to adapt to stuff, and so change management is the process of really thinking through how do we get our people from point A to point Z and minimize that that lack of productivity in that middle. And, and so mm-hmm. anyone who has a business who's been in business knows you know when you add something new, it takes time. There's that that learning curve, that ramp. There's confusion. You know, there's 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 this thing called the the four rooms of change that some psychologists have identified where we all go through these these different facets or or areas. But it's a smart approach to really thinking through what are the different ways we can minimize that that lack of productivity to get people where they need to go so that they're using the tools, the process, whatever, as efficiently as we'd hope. Mm-hmm. And so how are the, how is that different from these other things that these terms that I feel like are used synonymously and interchangeably, but are actually quite different? So when we think about like, like let's say um, organizational development, you know, that, yeah. that's where we're, we're trying to get the workplace to be um, better at something and, and to, to develop them, to help them grow. Is that, could that be considered change? Sure. Um, is it a, a full-blown pro- programmatic approach? Maybe, <laughs> depending on the group. Um, but is it, say, incorporating communication strategies as part of that? Eh, maybe, maybe not. So that's kind of some of the nuances. A lot of times when people say organizational or, or, or human development, they're talking about the person and training. Um, so, so as when you look at a full change management project, yes, training is absolutely one of the swim lanes, but there's, I think four other, well, there's definitely four others that you have to consider at, at the very minimum in order to really foster true lasting change within the business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as agencies, right, because we want to, yes, we want to touch on change management and we want to understand what that's all about, but we also want to focus on inclusivity, right? Because that's, you know, that's part of your expertise and it's also part of where the world is going, thankfully. So as agencies, we have this opportunity, right? We can foster change from an inclusivity standpoint, just in like the marketing and the advertising that we produce in the world. So can you talk a little bit more about that and how that's kind of related to this as well? So when we think about, about change management, a lot of times we talk about that from an internal perspective. Like I said, you know, oh, we're, we're adding a new business process. How do we get people to use it? You know, so, so we really think about it through because it's a closed system. We can control that. So there's that change piece of it. And then we could talk about more systemic, more, more cultural shift or more cultural changes where we can at least have a one piece of influence, but obviously we're one, one drip in the greater scheme of the world. And so I think agencies' opportunity to foster, say, inclusivity or, or a sense of belonging is thinking through in a, a, a very strategic way, what are the ways that we can foster change? And so it's maybe look, the images we use, maybe it's the approach we take, maybe it's the clients we play with. Um, you know, thinking through how we can have those conversations. I know with my own clients, um, you know, a lot of times they'll come to me like, we want a training class, but I still approach it as a change management project. And I say, absolutely, we'll create the training, but what are you doing for your measurement strategy? What do you mean, Steve? You know, how are you going to know if it works? You're spending money with me and my business, but, and we'll do it. But how are you going to know if it moves people from A to Z? What about, you know, the, the communication strategy that goes with it, huh? You know, how are you going to advertise this within the business and get people excited for it and, and communicate its effects to people? Oh, we didn't think about that. And I think agencies can do something similar with their clients and, and, and ask those right questions to say, how are you fostering inclusivity with the work we're doing? How are you going to make sure that, you know, things are working the way we want them to, and that you're making a better impact, a bigger ding in the universe and Mm -hmm. and asking those coaching questions to really help foster change. Yeah. Yeah. 
Let's face it, agency life looks very different than ever before. Remote and hybrid teams need better tools to help them communicate and access files, track their time, manage client budgets, and more. If you believe that it's time to streamline things once and for all, Workamajig is the all-in-one agency management platform built to help you do just that. Head over to workamajig.com forward slash thrive to learn more. Back to the show. And um, from what I gather from our talk earlier, resiliency is a really big component of this also. And one of the things that you said to me that kind of really landed was that most people focus on either the business impact or the, the, or the business resiliency impact or the human resiliency um, aspect of this. And if you're focusing on one or the other, that's actually why you fail, right? So I think that this is really fascinating and I'd love to hear more about it. When, when you look at some of the research that's out there, and, and so um, one of the groups that I'm, I'm certified in, uh, when I worked at IBM, I was a change consultant several years ago, and that's kind of where I fell into all this stuff. And, and so the, the work was, um, you know, IBM, would, we'd sell uh, something and all these amazing, smart technology people would go and build whatever it is they're doing. And me and my team had to go in and get the humans to use it. <laughs> so a lot of times the focus was on, you know, just how did it impact the bottom line of the business? And, and that was, yes, that's a nice place to, to think about it. Hey, we're business people. I get it. But when you think about the concept of resiliency as humans, and just think about your own self, especially the last 18, 19, 20 months, yeah. you know, we all have a saturation point as humans to have things that change. Why? Well, because it's it's our cave wiring. You know, change meant sa- lack of safety right. uh, for us as a species. And so that's why a lot of humans really don't like change or have a level of tolerance um, for change. And so as somebody who's trying to facilitate a change within my workplace, within my business, what I need to be cognizant of is what are the human saturation point for change around me? And so that's the resiliency part. And, and it's very different for each person. And that's what makes it makes change hard. Mm-hmm. You know, we fear change, I think is one movie quote, uh, but, uh, you know, thinking through it from the individual perspective mm-hmm. and, and how they're approaching change, you know, because, even in the workplace, that's one change. I can leave the workplace and have you know three changes at home, like you and I were saying, Kelly. You know all the things that are happening with us personally and professionally. You know, there's a bigger scope to us humans and our experience. Right. And smart leaders, smart uh, agency owners, uh, and understand that saturation point and really help to work through everybody being resilient in times of change, but it's a, it's an individual perspective. Yeah. I think that's such a great point because we do, we lose sight of it. We think of our business, our employees, we have things to get done. We have clients to, to manage and, um, you know, deliverables to provide. And we get caught up in this kind of insular view uh, for lack of a better term. Right. And so we forget about the fact that the people who are really our product, right? Because at agencies, like the people, the, the clients are buying our, our team's talent, their expertise, their creativity, right? Their ability to execute. So we forget that our product, <laughs> and I absolutely use that in quotes, because I want to be very clear that I'm, that I'm using that for <laughs> emphasis. Like our product is human and, and there's a lot to that. And living a human experience doesn't mean that our employees are only focused on the work, right? Yeah. Especially because most of them are working from home, some of them indefinitely. And so you might have someone working on a project for you, but like their kid is crawling down the stairs, like right next to you, right? <laughs> so so it's just, um, there's just more to think about. 
And, and um, I, I think from a broader perspective, when, when I now I'm thinking about just in general leadership, yeah. you know, I, in, in my book, Pride Leadership, I focus on six competencies that I've seen over the 25 plus years of being in this space um, really work for leaders. And one, one of the top six is empathy. And I think mm-hmm. what we're talking about is, and, and I think this is one of the, the silver linings of this whole experience we've been going through, yeah. is we've had these little tiny Zoom windows into people's worlds, like you said, and we could see that kid falling down the steps or whatever it is you just right. said. And, um, and, but, but I think that's been a beautiful thing we're, we're seeing, you know, what's really happening, these windows to people's worlds, and it, it's giving us a better sense of hopefully of being a little bit more empathetic on their, yeah. their true situation, as well as their authenticity as, as an employee, as a, a you know, representative of our brand. Yeah. I think it's a great reminder to us as leaders that like, there's so much more dimension behind the people who we're seeing on zoom. Right. Um, so as we start to wrap up, let's let's kind of keep to this resiliency, um, you know, theme, because I think it's really important. Um, what are your top three strategies for agency leaders to kind of build their own resilience? Uh, of course, in our pre, we were talking about this and, and in the work that I've been doing, and, and I love the focus on the human piece of the resiliency. And when we talk about change in general, and and there's a, there's a lot of great books out there, a lot of great things to Google. I read about like 29 books. When I was creating a, a class on on being resilient, and and a lot of them had an overlap. And I think the top three that really stuck out in me were, you know, the first was was having a positive perspective and and your positive view of the world. You know, and, and it's not the yeah, I'm former Disney as well. It's not the oh boy, everything's great. It's not that at all. <laughs> that that impression was too spot on, Steve. <laughs> yeah, too good, I know. Um, it's you know, years of being with with the mouse, but um, you know, when we talk about being, um, you know, having a positive view of the world, it's not rose colored glasses kind of thing. It's you, it's being able to say when you've had that. If anyone who's listening who has a child who's maybe read the book Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. If not, it's a great children's book. But um, it's this little kid and he's had a bad day and he's he's like, I had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And he's pouty and it's about him trying to get out of it and positive view of the world. So even when us humans, us adults, have those bad days, mm-hmm. that we can say, you know what, that was a crappy day, but you know what went well for me is these three things, mm-hmm. and and that's. That's being resilient. And so having that attitude is probably the first of the three to really help you through times of change. The second is, is uh, we call it a, having a, a positive or a healthy self-concept. And mm. it's just knowing, first of all, what you bring to the table, maybe what you don't as well. So having that, that understanding, but more importantly is having that, that, that theory or that exposure that, you know what, you've been here before, whether you know it or not. Um, and, and it may feel a little bit different. It's, it may be different context, but unless you're an insanely blessed person, we've had highs and lows in our world. And and when we've, we've all hopefully been able to bounce back from those lower to those higher points, what was it that got us through that time and reflect, bring that forward on on how we can do that uh, in these current times. And then the last uh, is kind of the, probably the biggest, it's the one going back to that safety and it's being uncomfortable with uncertainty. And, And the biggest thing I say here is that, you know, a lot of times we, you know, we're in these ambiguous situations and we start putting our energy in certain places. And, and what we need to do as humans is take a step back and say, okay, there's three different categories going on here. Mm-hmm. There's things I can control. There's things I can't control, but I can influence. And then there's things I can't control, nor can I influence. And then really analyzing where we're focusing our energy. And a lot of times on the folks that I coach and talk to, they realize that they're focusing their energy on on, uh, the outside ring, which is the uncertain thing I can't (laughs) control nor influence. So it's like, why are you focusing your energy there? Move it a little bit 
and you'll be more resilient in those times of change. So the, the top three uh, that I think are really smart to think about as you think about not just yourself, but also those around you to be more resilient in times of change. I think these are great. They're incredibly helpful. And, you know, even though there isn't specificity in terms of like uh, an example, I think that's actually not such a bad thing in this case, because it gives us the opportunity to say, okay, you know what, let me, let me take this and see how I can actually apply this to what I'm actually doing or what I'm actually thinking about or how I am actually showing up. Right. Um, uh, I think the positive mindset thing uh, or the positive outlook is really important. And I think it's a, it's, very important for us to say, we are not talking about faking positivity or just like developing like an abundance mindset out of nowhere without any training or practice or anything, right? This is not like manifestation 101. This is rooted in, not that there's anything wrong with that, but but it's rooted in, you know, I am valuable. I did other things um, today that moved the needle or that made me happy or brought me joy or um, you know, whatever the case may be. And I think focusing on those things is really important, right? Because tomorrow's also another day. Yep. And yep. sometimes we forget that because again, we have that insular view and it's hard yeah. as leaders. I get oh, it. Very, very hard. One of the things that, that I talk about actually in, in my class on resiliency, a very easy tactic, everybody listening, everybody viewing can, can do in order to be more positive, uh, have a more positive view of the world, regardless of where you're at. And, and it's called the What Went Well Journal. All you do at the end of the day, take out your phone, take out a tablet, whatever, if you're old school, um, or your iPad, if you're cool school, uh, and just identify five things that went well today. That's it. Just five. write down five things. And then just do that the next day. And so when you have those hard days, it can be hard to find five things, but what studies show is that you literally rewire your brain mm-hmm. to find those positive pieces. It's like when you, you buy a new car and it's maybe new to you, but all of a sudden you're driving around like, wow, everybody has a mini Cooper. They must've been like, Steve has a mini. He's awesome. That's not what happens, but we have a heightened sense of awareness. Right. That's what doing that, that what went well journal can really do for you. Right. Right. Well, this is all really helpful. Thank you so much for joining me today, Steve. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Appreciate it. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.